This is Bucket Talk, a weekly podcast for people who work in the trades and construction that aren't just trying to survive, but have the ambition and desire to thrive. The opportunity in the trades and construction is absolutely ridiculous right now. So if you're hungry, it's time to eat. We discuss what it takes to rise from the bottom to the top with people who are well on their way and roll up their sleeves every single day. This is Jeremy and Eric here with Bucket Talk, powered by Brunt. This episode, we have our friend Matt Marin. But before we jump in, Eric, what's been going on? Awesome, awesome. We're rocking and rolling here, getting ready to head into the Black Friday, Cyber Monday stretch, which is absolutely nuts. Things are on fire all over the place, but uh, a lot of good. We've got a lot of inventory, so it's been good. Exciting. This morning, woke up to a nice picture of, uh, we actually put our first billboard up, up the street from the Brunt office in the Brunt garage in North Reading, which is the hometown of the business. And it kind of ties a lot of things together. You know, it's where Brunt is, it's where I live. And on the billboard is featured our Marin and our ring boot. And today's podcast is with Matt Marin, who is one of my childhood buddies from my hometown in Bristol. So uh, excited to dig in. What about you, Jeremy? Uh, just looking forward to the future. Uh, Bucket Talk is going to take it to the next level. Come 2023, we're gonna you're going to be able to see our lovely faces uh, during the podcast. So working through all the kinks with the video aspect of Bucket Talk and uh, really toying around with some ideas of uh, building out the podcast booth. Uh, I passed by like millions and millions of pallets on my way to drop my kids off at school. So, you know, thinking about how I can incorporate some pallet wood in there, um, just stuff that we find in, you know, on construction sites or whatever. But yeah, I've been playing with the artistic uh, design process in my head. But other than that, Eric, let's kick this thing off. All right. All right. And for those of you guys listening, is a thank you for listening to our podcast with Matt Marin. You can use code BRISTOL10 for a purchase of $60 or more off of Brunt. You'll save $10. Again, code BRISTOL10, B-R-I-S-T-O-L-10. All right, let's dig in. All right. This is the season finale of Bucket Talk, and we have the one and only Matt Marin, not only is Matt Marin a near and dear friend of ours, but he's also, that's who we named the Marin boot after. So we're going to dive into a day in the life of Matt Marin and get to know a little bit of history on him. Matt, thanks for being on the podcast. What's up, guys? Thanks for having me on. Hell yeah. This oh, is, yeah. It's been a long time coming, man. Too long, too long. So obviously the Marin boot is named after you. You and Eric go back to childhood days, but for those that don't know it, I'd love to hear how Matt Marin got into the trades, what you do on a daily basis, and uh, kind of go back as far as you want. You know, it started at a young age. I mean, I always had a paper route. I always had some kind of job going on. And then, you know, in the later of my career, I always played ice hockey. And my, my dreams were always to be a professional hockey player. That was always my goal. And then I was playing junior hockey around, you know, 18 years old. And all my friends started going off to college. Right. And I'm like, all right, well, I got this hockey thing going for me. This is my gig. And, you know, it got to the point where I'm like, all right, I'm not going pro. Right. So, but now I'm getting a little late in my life. Like I got to figure something else out. So one of the guys that I play hockey with his dad owned a drywall company and um, I jumped on with him. I didn't know too much about the drywall trade. I did odd jobs, you know, growing up. My uh, best friend's grandfather owned a construction company, but I really didn't 
get into it too hard. It wasn't until I was like 18, 19 where I realized, all right, I got to do something here. So I got in and um, started sheetrocking houses here or there. I was, I was making minimum wage, probably 10, 15 bucks an hour max. I was still young, you know, 19, 20. And um, one of the guys that I was working with, he goes, we're out of here. We're going to join the union. And I'm saying to myself, like, a union? I don't, I don't know what, the, I'm like, what's the union? <laughs> you know? And uh, he goes, it's this, uh, you know, the carpenters union. They have all these unions. And I'm like, all right, well, what's the, what's so good about it? And he goes, well, they have great benefits. They have, uh, you know, health. They have annuity, pensions, and all this stuff, and great wages. And I'm like, huh, I'm, I'm, you know, here I am, 20 years old. I really don't know what I want to do with my life at the moment. And I'm like, all right, well, that all sounds good to me. I'm in. Where do I sign up, you know? I learned early on, it wasn't really like, you don't just go sign up, you know? Luckily, my father grew up with a business agent at the time. So he kind of got me in and I got in right when I was 20 and um, kind of the rest is history. Here I am still with it today. You know, when I first got in, I was 20 years old. The first job this guy puts me on, it's like, uh, it's a 12 hours a day, seven day a week job. And at 20 years old, that's the last thing you want to do, right? It's like... <laughs> I'm good, man. Like I, I remember like texting him one day and I'm like, Hey, you got anything like maybe seven to three or something? Like, you know, these uh this like four AM to four PM is not really I'm not cut out for this, you know? <laughs> and um he was like, Oh, just stick with it, trust me. And I'm like, Yeah, whatever, dude. That was kind of the best thing I ever did. That kind of taught me like this is it. Like you're in it for the long haul. This is your trade, this is what you're gonna do. I stuck with it. And ever since then, man, it's uh, created what I have now. Did it sink in? Like, I mean, obviously you're young, you're jumping into the union. You got a connection, which it sounds like from previous podcasts, that that's kind of the leg up to get you into the trades, whether you're, or get you into the union is whether you, you got an uncle, a father, it doesn't matter. Some, you got to know somebody to get into the union, but did it sink in at that time that like, holy shit, I'm part of something or did it kind of later on down the road, you're like, Oh shit, dude. I, I can't believe I'm here. I'm in the union. Um, you know, I I'm pretty set up when it comes to pension annuity, all that stuff. So, you know, when I was working non-union, like prior to that, I did start learning a few things about the drywall trade. Um, I was doing production work, piece work, they call it. So it's like you get paid by the sheet. So I was cheap rocking houses and I was fast paced. Like I was just like, all right, balls to the wall, go out, go in, go hard, go home. And so that kind of carried on into the union stuff. Like, you know, the hours were kind of crazy, but I was a hard worker. So it kind of kicked in right away. Like my foreman noticed it right out the rip. Like, all right, we got this apprentice kid, you know, they're paying me 60% on a scale and this kid's outworking some of the journeymen. So right away, I kind of knew I had like a leg up, like I'm here to work. It's getting recognized off the rip. And, you know, when those paychecks coming in, when you're working, 12 hours a day, seven days a week, you know, you're getting time and a half, you're getting double time, you know, it's the most money I ever made. So I'm like, you know what, maybe this is the real deal, you know? Yeah. So it did, it did kind of kick in right away. For some of our listeners out there, this actually, a lot of people don't know that, but 60% on the scale, what does that mean to the layman? Sure. So a lot of times when like a newer, say a carpenter comes in, they register as an apprentice, you're an apprentice carpenter. And basically what that is, they'll start you at Right now it's 45%. So you make 45% of a journeyman's wage. So you'll get 45% of their wage. And actually 
until you hit the annuity, I think you got to reach like 60%. Everything that journeyman would make, you make 45% of that. I was fortunate to come in at 60% because I had the previous experience, you know, sheetrocking houses or whatever. Yeah. Came in at 60%. I had the annuity already going, you know, the health benefits started after a year. So yeah, in layman's terms, that's really what it is. Your percentages just kind of ride the, the wave of the journeyman's uh, wage. Interesting. Good at, so apprentice, you're in that setup, and then you go from apprentice to journeyman. Correct. So yeah, you, you have to work like, uh, I think it's 2,000 hours. Every 2,000 hours, you get like a 5% jump. You'll start at like 45%. You work 2,000 hours, which is, I think it's a year. It's about yeah. a year. You'll, you'll get jump up to 50% and then so on and so forth. You reach like, I think it's 85%. And then from 85, you go straight to 100 Dude, this is like trade finance. Yeah. <laughs> and do they all do, do all unions work this way, or is this maybe just the one you were in, or you might not even know because you've only been in one, you know? I believe they're all similar. I believe yeah. they're all similar. Yeah. But some of them are based on licenses and stuff like that. Like, you know, you need a plumbing license and electrical license and all that stuff. So I I wonder I want to say some of that stuff might be based off of licenses. So yep, yeah. Okay. This is good stuff. You're in what union now? So I'm in the Carpenters Union, local 326. It's out of Connecticut. Mm-hmm. What is that all encompassing? So is that just steel framing, uh, wood framing? Yep. Does that include the drywallers, sheet rockers, or, or is Correct. that? Correct. So the Carpenters Union basically entails, it's like metal framing, it's uh, drywall, acoustical ceilings, uh, there's doors and hardware, it does finished millwork. That kind of entails a lot of the stuff that we do. Awesome. So how many guys are in your hall? There's about 2,000 right now. So there used to be three unions in Connecticut, and uh, we just recently combined. We're actually linking up. It's almost like a Northeast kind of joint venture now. Boston's got the big scale. You know, obviously they do big work up there. And actually the company I work for now does a ton of work in Boston. I think we're starting to share some of those benefits, you know. Connecticut was um, a little behind in our days here, but we're, we're starting to catch up a little bit here, so... Is that kind of the deal? Like you want to hook up with like a big city, like being a, a sub city or, you know, a town area. Do you guys get paid better when you're, when you're closer to like Boston or Hartford or New York? Yes, exactly. So the different unions uh, have different rates, right? So if you're working right in downtown Boston, you're getting top dollar. And if you're, you're outside of the city, it's a little bit less. Rhode Island's a different rate. Depending on where you go, you're going to get paid a little bit different. It, it all depends on where you're working. So that's the game. Live outside the city, get right in the city, and uh, and you'll make bank. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. If it was that easy, everybody would be doing it, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, you that- know, there's a lot of people. There's a lot of people that do it. I mean, but, you know, the travel, getting into the city and getting out of the city, you know, and paying for parking, you know, there, there's pros and cons to it. You know, I, I got guys that live in Rhode Island that travel to Boston. And yeah, the money's good, but the travel, the uh, travel home is even worse, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's all part of the game, man. You got to go where the work is too, you know? So yeah. Well, I mean, time is money. The time traveling and all that stuff, you got to figure you could do a side job, pick up that extra work. Like is the risk reward factor like there, you know what I mean? Right. You got to factor that in for sure. So yeah, no, I mean, luckily since I've been a union man, things have gone phenomenal. Like I said, I was with that one company as an apprentice. I did basically my four-year apprenticeship with those guys. And then I had a little falling out with one of the foremen there. It just kind of didn't work out. And 
the guy that got me in the union, I hadn't talked to him in four years. Like I had no reason to talk to him. He got me my job and I did my job and that was it. Like I didn't need him for nothing, you know? Yeah. And so four years are up and my apprenticeship is up. And, and like I said, I had a little falling out and I went down in the union hall and um, I went to see the business agent. The business agent usually puts you to work. Now you can solicit your own work, but the business agent will also put you go on a list. They'll put you to work depending on where you are on the list. So I happened to be down at the union hall talking to my business agent and he received a phone call and this guy, his name is Dan Mills. He called him and said, Hey, I'm looking for a drywall guy. I happen to be at the right spot at the right time, man. He's like, I got a drywall guy right in front of me. He's like, all right, you want to start Monday? I'm like, I'm in. So I go there Monday and I'm fairly new. Like I just finished my apprenticeship, right? I'm still kind of leaning on a lead guy to kind of help me, you know? So I start Monday with this guy where she rock. He wants me to she rock ceilings. I'm looking at this guy. He's an older guy. Now, mind you, I'm still young. I'm only early twenties, you know? And I'm like, all right, man, where do you want to start? Like you tell me what to do kind of, you know, I'll just, you know, and he's like, I have no idea. And I'm like, Oh God, this ain't good. You know, my first day in the, with this new company, like I got to figure out what to do here. Um, <laughs> so I just kind of took the ball and roll with it. And actually we did very well. And, uh, you know, I kind of made a name for myself right away with this company at Century Drywall, man. I've been with them ever since. And, you know, every year I've kind of moved up a little bit and, um, it's been great, man. They, they do a ton of work in Boston. We're probably the biggest drywall company in the Northeast. I mean, I really feel like everything happens for a reason. And, uh, me just kind of being in that room when that phone call came through, man, I, I really, I really think that happened for a reason. So is that your day to day now is, is still hanging sheets or are you, are you overseeing a crew? Like what's that? Yeah. So I, um, started off yeah, hanging drywall, you know, and, and hanging ceilings, whatever. And then, um, I got promoted up to like a sub foreman. So there's a general foreman who kind of runs the entire job. And then I was promoted to a sub foreman that kind of oversees like a certain section oversees a small amount of guys. So I did that again for a couple of years. And then, um, from there they gave me my own job. So I started running my own work as a foreman. And again, it's the kind of same thing, just kind of moved my way up the ladder and, um, recently been promoted to where I am now. And there's no official title on it, but I'll call it like an assistant superintendent or superintendent, whatever you want to call it. Oh, shit. Um, I started overseeing the Connecticut jobs. That's where I am now. It's, it's kind of where I've always wanted to be and where I always saw myself. And then now that I'm here, it's like, now I want to be the best version of myself. You know, I'm still learning every day. One of the biggest challenges is just there's so many different personalities that I deal with every day. You know, we have Connecticut right now. It's anywhere between, you know, 50 to a hundred guys. So just learning everybody's personality and, you know, somebody could be having a bad day someday and you don't know it, you know? So it's just, it's every day just dealing with people and, and managing the guys, you know, that's kind of where I'm at now overseeing yeah, that, the project. So that was going to be one of my, one of my questions is like, what's like the number one, like bullshit item that you deal with every day. Is it like, Hey boss, I'm sick. I, I can't make it in. You're like, dude, this is like your sixth time being like hung over. Like I, I, I know what's up. You know what I mean? Or is it, yeah. Or is it coming, well, coming from the guy who called out today? Yo, I was I was on I was on my man. <laughs> you must have been out trick or treating last night. Oh hell yeah, dude! Know. It got too much, too, much, got too much candy for you, right? <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. It's funny. Uh, it's um, like everyone in the company knew about it except for your boss, but that's all right. 
it was on the calendar. It's <laughs> funny. So it, it's funny, Jeremy. Like when I first got promoted as a foreman, right? Yeah. Like, I, and I've always wanted to move up the ladder. So I got promoted as a foreman, and when I got there, I'm like. I was still young. Again, I was a young foreman, right? So there's guys working for me that are twice my age. I realized real quick that respect is earned, not given. Because I was a gunslinger. Well, I like that quote, Jeremy. Save that thing down, bro. I'm I'm bear trap. I'm writing it down right now, boss. (laughs) (laughs) So when I was in the field, right, I was probably the hardest worker on that job. Like every day I knew going in there, no one's going to outwork me. I'm a monster. Nobody's going to stop me. And that was just my mentality. Like, I, I was just like, go, 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 go. Fa- life is fast forward. Hurry up. You know, we do a production job, right? So if I hang five sheets a day, I'm not making anybody any money. I got to hang 40 sheets a day, right? So my mentality was just, let's make a, as much money as we can for this company so we can all keep working. So when I became a foreman, I quickly realized not everybody thinks like me. And I realized that real quick, like, and that's okay. I'm going to say, I'm really not that normal. Like not everybody thinks like me. I'm like, when I saw somebody on their cell phone, I'm like, God, people on their cell phones. Like how, like, how are we getting worked on? You're on your cell phone. Like I was just a madman, right? My first job, I was just a madman. And, um, it took me, you know, real quick to realize like, not everybody's like me. I'm actually not normal. Like I got to chill out a little bit. And, um, earn the respect of the guys you know that was my biggest thing let's let's earn the respect of the guys so i learned that real quick that i'm not the normal one per se you know um everybody's got different personalities and you just have to learn them that's a great perspective is is the fact that when when i asked you like what is the number one problem that you're dealing with nowadays you looked at yourself and was like hey you know i gotta tone it down i'm from the old school and the old school doesn't fly much anymore you know there's, there's oh, guys texting oh, their family, dealing with bullshit at home and blah, blah, blah. Like if I get on this guy for being on the cell phone, he might be dealing with uh, who knows. I mean, today my daughter chipped her tooth. So, you know, I had to pick up the phone and talk with the school nurse. You know, the old school's like, what the fuck are you doing on your phone? <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> You're like, dude, yeah. I just, I just needed to deal with this. So that's actually a good perspective is, you know, as a manager, as a foreman, as you know, a superintendent, you got to constantly check yourself. A hundred percent. Yeah. And I, um, yeah. And, and I'm still learning that every day. You know, it's, there's a fine line too. Like, you know, you, you want to be the boss, you are the boss, but you're also, these guys are out here working for you. Right. So you got to appreciate what they're doing for you, you know? Yeah. Yep. So that's the way that I see it, man. Like these guys are out there hustling for me. You know, they're giving me an honest day's work. Then I got to give them full respect, man. You know? Yep. No, dude, I'm, you know, especially with Jeremy. No, no, just kidding. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I know that's gotta be tough. I'm sure. It's tough, but no, dude, that's the, that's the reality of it is it's been that way. And when I was younger in my career, you know, I was in my early twenties, like I was working, you know, around the clock, you know, I always like to have fun and party, but like my buddies were going out and I was like, no, I got to crank, I got to work. And you become a robot. And then, uh, the problem is, is 99% of people aren't wired that way. And if you expect them to live like that, they're going to fucking hate you. They're not going to want to work with you. They're going to be a lot of people have different aspirations and what they want to do. And, uh, and you got to understand, like, even right now with Brunt, like I'm seven days a week. I'm in the, like, I can't expect that from anyone because 
I put the most energy and time into this thing. Right. So like, of course we expect everyone to work hard and, and their passion and people love the business, but like for me to set that expectation for everyone on the team of you got to be willing to, to work into the wee hours of the morning, you'd burn people out. They'd end up leaving and quitting. It's just unrealistic expectation. And to shed light on that. I mean, I, I don't think I've ever shared this story, but I had an awesome party at my house. You know, I invited all the guys from the shop when I was there and my wife came up to me at the end and she's like, dude, I didn't realize you were an asshole. And I go, well, what do you mean? And she said, like, one of the guys that works for you came up and said, like, Jeremy's awesome outside of work, but he's really tough to deal with, you know, inside of work. And I realized that, like, I was so driven by numbers, by how many cars we get done, by whatever that that's kind of, I, I ran the shop with an iron fist. And sometimes you lose sight of like what other people have going on in their life, whether they're having, you know, a struggle or, or whatever. And it's just, it's numbers. It's like, I'm working this hard. You should be working this hard. And that's not the case. And and that was kind of an eye opener for me. And, uh, you know, I've always lived my life now knowing that somebody out there is thinking that I'm pushing too hard. So I'm going to take that one step further. And it's like similar, you know, case, like I've always lived life in fast forward. Like everything I do is as fast as I can. Like, that's just kind of my mentality. Like I said, we're production work. Like the more we work, the faster we work, the more that we get paid. So that's been my whole lifestyle. I've taken that in my home life. I've taken it everywhere. Everything I do is as fast as I possibly can. And it took the pandemic for me to realize that's really not right. That's wrong. I was at home for a month. I came and went at my own pace and it just completely opened up my eyes because prior to that, I didn't do vacations. I worked every Saturday. I worked any Sunday that was available. I worked any overtime that was available. No vacation. I worked years straight and like, I didn't take the sick days. I didn't do any of that stuff. It was nonstop. Go, 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 go. And then when the pandemic hit and I had a little time off, I'm like, man, I'm like, this is what life's really all about. It's being with your family, enjoying your life. Yeah, you got to make money, but there's things outside of money. There's things outside of work, and you got to enjoy that as well. So that, that really opened my eyes right there, man, to slow down a second and really see what's going on. It ain't just about making that money. Money is a big part of it, but it's seeing it all. Yeah, and everybody's priorities are different. Like when I took that criticism – chewed on it. And then, and then was like, all right, I, I need to embrace the fact that maybe everybody doesn't see me in, in the best of light. So then I started to talk to a few people and I realized that like, Hey, this dude over here, all he wants to do is go hiking, you know, outside of work. He wants to work that nine to five. He wants to grind it out and do it. But here, here I am going like, dude, you stay, you know, from five to eight, you get that overtime. Like, you build that up. No, you're going to have a nice nest egg. He's like, I don't give a shit about that. Like I'm a minimalist. And I'm like, what do you mean a minimalist? He's like, I just want a tiny home. I don't want a family. I don't want a wife. And I'm like, shit. Like yep. well, my expectations yeah. and my projection on, on what I think somebody's life should be like was completely skewed. Right. <laughs> Cause this yeah. okay. a completely different idea on what he wants to do in life. <laughs> and that goes back to my point before. Like I, I got a hundred guys that work under me. That's a hundred different personalities. That's a hundred different perspectives on life. Like I got to learn all those, you know, yeah. and, and, and wow. it's understand them. I understand. I got to understand them as well. You know? Yeah. You got it. I mean, that's the key is you got some guys that want your job. Yeah. 
And it's like, okay, you want my job. You got to do what I did. And if you're not willing to do it, you probably aren't going to get it. And it's right. fine. Then you got the people that are like, I don't want your job. I actually just, I want to keep doing what I'm doing, support my family, buy a house, you know, like, which is fine too. All right. You're on a different track. You know, it's when you have those mismatches where someone's like, yeah, I want your job, but I don't want to like work that overtime or it's like, hold on, dude, you're playing the wrong game. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, going back to your, your days in high school and stuff like that, uh, what would you tell a younger person coming up that you know now that you wish you knew then? You know, it, it almost seems like you kind of stumbled into it. You 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 had that view of playing hockey and, and going pro and all that stuff. But if you didn't have that vision, like, what would you tell somebody? Yeah, so, I mean, Eric can kind of test to this, you know, like, I would tell a lot of my younger self, like, listen, if you're not going to go to school, kind of don't worry about it. Like, that was kind of like, one of the things I was worried about, like all my friends were going to school and I'm sitting here, like, I'm like one of the only ones not going. And it had me shook. I I ain't going to lie to you. Like I was, I'm like, what am I going to really do? So I would tell myself like, man, don't worry about it. Right. Keep doing your thing. And also like when you get into those, that, that trade, it might not make sense right away to do those Saturdays, to do that overtime, to do the Sundays. That might not make sense but it will in the long run. And not to mention you got in, you started making money young, like had it not been something you liked, it worked out for you. But if you didn't, you would have had no debt. You would have had made a bunch of dough and then you could have decided, all right, maybe now I want to go back to school because I hate sheet rocking and this union sucks or whatever. And, but at least you like did make that later on once you got it dialed in. For sure. Yeah. I mean, that's actually a good, that's a good segue into another question is, is, you know, have you had anybody bounce out of, union life or trade life and almost had a success story. Like, Hey, you know what? This isn't what I want to do, but now that I have a focus now that I know what I want to do. Do you know anybody out there that has made that switch and, and, uh, kind of moved on to something different? Uh, not necessarily. No. Yeah. You know, there's a few guys that kind of branched off and kind of did their own thing, you know? Um, but I always find them coming back to, the uh the union the carpenters union you know it just always seems that way like it it seems easy on the outside let me go make some money doing this myself but at the end of the day you spend a lot of time chasing money too so yeah what about the guy what about uh century drywall how does that work because you guys are your own company but you're within the union like how does that interact and all that work (laughs) that's that's a pretty good question so yeah. So Century Drywall is a union contractor, right? So we'll hire union employees, which are, you know, from the carpenters union, from the laborers union, from the tapers union. We all, we hire all union employees. Um, but essentially there's what you call a company guy, right? So when you're kind of a company guy, the, the Century Drywall will try to keep you busy for as long as you pot. You work in the union, but you basically work for Century Drywall. It's kind of one of them things, you know? Yep, yep, um, yep. So I'll try to stick. And there's people that bounce around. They don't, they don't really care about Century Drywall. They'll, they'll work for Century Drywall for eight months, and then they'll say, all right, I'm going to go try to work for this guy over here. He's five minutes closer to home. And then they'll bounce around from company to company, and some guys do that. But I've always been pretty loyal to where it's like, all right, these guys are paying me. They're putting – food on the table for me. I'm going to make them money. They're going to make me money. 
So I kind of stuck with them, you know, and, uh, just kept it going with these guys and, and we, we take care of each other. You know, I, I try to make them money and they keep me going. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've seen that in my trade, you know, guys bounce around, they'll, they'll spend a, you know, a year or two at a shop and then they'll go look somewhere else for a dollar or two more raise. But sounds like you're in it for the long haul. Definitely. Yeah. No, I, I see myself sticking with these guys as long as I possibly can. I mean, they've been great to me. Yeah. I can't say anything bad about them. I mean, they're a great company to work for. They take care of their guys. Um, nothing's gone wrong in the last 12 years, knock on wood. So, um, I plan to keep it going as long as I can, you know? Hell yeah. I like it. So are, I like are, it. are you where you want to be or is there another level? I know this is a tough question, but Where's Matt Marin look at himself and go, shit, this is where I want to be. Or are you where you want to be? I mean, yeah, it's kind of a loaded question. Like I, I feel like this is probably right where I want to be. Right. I, I mean, I, this is where I've always kind of wanted to get to and, and I'm here and now it's just kind of finding the best version of myself. Like I said, I'm, I, I'm still learning every day that I'm only 36 years old. You know, I, I've been in the carpenters union now 16 years, but there's always something new. Everything's always changing. You know, a lot of the stuff now is going digital. You know, th there's no more paper blueprints. You know, you see you know, these monster blueprints. So everything's digital. So, I, you know, that's one leg up that I have. I'm, I'm almost like a tech guy, you know, on these job sites. A lot of the older uh, crowd, they, um, they have trouble with the iPads, let's just say. Um, <laughs> so that gives me a little leg up. but. Yeah, I just I enjoy what I do right now, and and I want to stick with it. We did hire a guy recently that's starting to pick up more work in Connecticut. So, you know, sky's the limit for Connecticut if we can pick up some more work and pick up some more jobs. Who knows what'll happen from there? But that is an interesting point too. Is I saw it in my trade. You know, guys naturally got phased out because tech wasn't wasn't their strong suit. So you know, people that came in that that had a natural affinity for just like streaming stuff or Wi-Fi or Bluetooth or, or this, that, and the other thing. Like I, I still had to coach guys on, Hey, you know what? This is how you connect to our Wi-Fi. And they're like, no shit. And it was like, man, <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. It's great. So when I got in, like, you know, you're using a plumb Bob, which is like a <laughs> string with a string and a weight on it. And now it's, everything's a laser, you know, everything's lasers and remotes and, you know, iPads and apps and, you know, everything's digital, you know, and that, that kind of gave me a leg up on it. Like I had, I was still part of the younger crew and I kind of knew the tech stuff. Um, so when the iPads came out, I was like, I already know this thing went at the back of my hand, you know, let me see that thing, you know? So that definitely gave me an advantage, you know, for sure. Awesome. Awesome. What is one of the biggest things you're facing right now? Is it family? Is it work? What is one of the biggest challenges you're facing? You know what? It, I would say, you know, that's a, that's a loaded, not a loaded question. Um, I'm, I'm hitting you with the hard ones. I know. I know my biggest challenges right now, I guess just yeah, balancing work in the home life. You know, yeah. um, there always seems to be something going wrong at home. It's like inevitable, you know, it's like, all right, we just put a new roof on, but Hey, there's a flood in the basement or something. It's like, you can't win at the house, you know? So there's always a challenge there. But that, that's inevitable, man. The house is never finished. You know, there's always something to do. So 
works work. So we, we know we got to go to work. So I, I almost don't consider that a challenge, you know? Yeah. No, I mean, it, it's what you've done. It's, you've, you've done it for 16 years. It's, it's not autopilot, but it's what you know. And then, you yeah, know, you know what? My biggest challenge right now is juggling all the kids' birthday parties. I got to go to every weekend, you know, which one are you going to go to? You know, <laughs> you're going to go to a three-year-old birthday at the bowling alley. Or are you going to go to the house party over here with the booze? I'm going to probably take the booze, you know, <laughs> so, that's, that's my biggest challenge right now. <laughs> I usually ask this question. This is a little bit more lighthearted, but how does Matt Marin unplug? You know, I got a little, I got a little insight into it. It's usually throwing bags, but, um, you know, how, how does Matt Marin unwind after the workday? All right. So it, it kind of used to be the cornhole game, right? I used to be a monster on the boards, but since that kind of fizzled out, I've taken up uh, the bourbon game a little bit more, you know? Um, so it's kind of a, it's kind of a split between the bourbon and the cornhole, to be honest with you. That's a fire t-shirt right there. Bourbon and bags, baby. <laughs> I like it. I like it. <laughs> hey, hey, the three B's though. A brunt, bourbon and bags, you know? Right. That's right. Brunt, All right. Bourbon and bags. No, so so while we're here, so let's go back to, I mean, we haven't hit the most important thing, which is the boot that we've been known for worldwide. I almost forgot, mostly I almost forgot across why I was the wrong. US, that Don's your last name. For sure. How does it feel, man? No, there's over, I think, a hundred thousand pairs out there floating around the country. You bumped into them, I think, on job sites, and people, have, you know, said stuff. Yeah. Well, you know, to, to break right into it, man. You know, I really can't thank uh, Eric enough for even including me in this. You know, Same. it's been awesome. It's been awesome, man. I mean, what you've given us, I mean. It's just incredible, man. You know, even, even the, uh, the NASCAR race, you know, every little thing, man, I, I, I greatly appreciate all of it, man. It's been great. Just, just being able to brag about the Brunt brand and what it means. It, it's just, man, I I'm loving it, dude. I really am. So I appreciate uh, that. I think man. back to when we were working on that boot, you know, and I won't name names cause we're not trying to tear others down to build others up, but you were wearing a brand for many years that were, uh, a lot of good things about them, but that was like, all right, what's the problem with, okay, long break in time. Got to wear them out on the weekends just to get into them, you know, um, for, too for sure. super expensive, like, you know, a bunch of shit. And we went out and tried to solve all those exact things. And it feels like we hit a lot of, a lot of the shit that you and I talked about early on. Yeah, man, you knocked it out of the park for sure. You know, and, um, you know, it's easy for me to say that now, right. It's, it's named after me, right. It's, it's <laughs> my boy's brand, like, but it's the truth at the end of the day, you know, and I tell everybody the same thing. I'm like, I, I take it off. I'm like, you want to try it, try it on right now, man. Like it's, it's the real deal. You know what I mean? Like, like, and, and it, like, well, it's only, you know, 135 bucks. Yeah. Okay. That's still the real deal. Like it, you know, so uh, you can buy three of those for the price of some of the others and start over brand new with no breaking. Right. And you know, it, it, a lot of people are skeptical at first, right? It's a new brand. It's a new product. They've, mm -hmm. I've been, they've been in the same boot forever. Right. So yeah. I got my two bosses, right. Ryan Simons, Mike Percival, <laughs> they were, they were loggers for 20 plus years, loggers. Right. And I got them into some Marin's. And they have not taken them off since. Let's put it that way. Not only were they diehard logger guys, they were diehard with this particular brand. I won't mention again, but 
Yeah. Die hard with that brand. Die hard on the logger. And then since the Marin, they put them on. They haven't taken them off. Let's just put it that way. So I'm in them right so, now. I'm in. I'm in a new prototype that we're working on, and and uh, can't complain. No, it's crazy. It's crazy to see that thing take off. It's uh, we got what five versions of it now. More on the way, yeah. and. I mean, Jeremy. Sorry, you're probably over there crying. Yeah, you know, uh, dude. It's, don't, don't. I was, I was actually going to give you a plug. I was, I was always going to say you got something up your sleeve with the <laughs> with the new Marins, but here you are talking about the Perkins boot. Yeah, yeah. We got something. <laughs> we got something new coming in the new in the new year. We won't, we won't reveal it yet, but something that should change should change the game in a major way. So, yeah, I'm no, looking forward to it, man. To piggyback on Matt, it, it's. It's been amazing, same, to jump in and, and be a part of the company and, and uh, kind of reiterate some of the stuff that we've literally been dealing with for years. And uh, so, you know, we're, we're proud to be named boot holders, but it's, it's been fucking Hell, This dude did not forget where he came from, Let's, right? I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, dude, I was painting fences with this guy in some lady's yard, like, you know, as a kid, like. Yeah, this guy did not odd jobs. We were taking odd jobs and shit. Dude, yeah, but did, so, did he outpaint you? Because he always outpaints yeah, me. We had we had a rough experience that time around, but we won't talk about it. <laughs> I don't know how much painting got done, to be honest with you. But uh, <laughs> yard, we had a good time. Was covered, the grass was covered in a lot of paint. <laughs> <laughs> we had a good time doing it for sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we sure had a good time, that's for sure. That that old lady actually. Many years after that was funny. That was when we were like 16 or something, 17. That lady was really old. When I was in, you know, like my twenties, early 22, 23, that old lady every summer would still call me. Hey, can you come paint my family? I'm like, I live in Boston now. Like I'm not even. I kind of move up the ladder a little bit. (laughs) I own a company now. Uh, (laughs) Oh, she was, she was sweet. She was sweet. I was like, I wish I could. Like I uh, just like. (laughs) Bullshit. You asked her what the rate was and you were back down there painting that fence. I would have. Yeah. She she was great. She was, I don't even, I think we actually did do well on that one, but uh, (laughs) who knows? uh, It's a blast. It's a, it's been a blast. And uh, no, it's uh now these stories are always good sharing with folks, especially as they're thinking the union stuff. It's super helpful to understand, you know, the benefits of, of, of union, non-union, the differences, all that stuff. So this is, uh, this is no, uh, for sure. You know, when I first got in, I heard both sides of the fence that guys were telling me, man, you're not going to like this. You know, there's a lot of talk going on and this, that, and the other thing you're, you're going to want to stay out of the union. And then other guys were telling me, Oh, it's the best, you know? And I'm like in between, I'm like, well, you know what? I'm like for that money, and for the benefits, I got to try it. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. I went, I went for it and, um, yeah, man, I, I highly recommend it to, uh, to anybody for sure. That's awesome. That's awesome. And, you know, and, and I've heard, I've heard the same stuff. So, um, you know, it's always good to hear both sides of the fence and kind of make your own path, carve out your own journey and, and figure out what's best for you. For sure. Yeah. Well, Matt, it was uh, unbelievable having you on here. It was, I've been looking forward to this podcast for five seasons now. So, uh, you know, always chat with you and get down it. I appreciate you guys having me on, man. I'm looking forward to um, this cornhole coming up though. I don't know. Mm-hmm. If we, can, we announce, can we announce that yet? What's going on there? Yeah. By the time this airs, it'll be announced. Yeah. You helped us figure out this world a little bit. Yeah, so the American Cornhole League, man, there's some sharp shooters out there, the best in the world. 
and Brunt Workwear is jumping on with a few of them as, as a sponsor. So, yep, um, there's some big events going on around the country. We're hoping to hit up a few along the way. I hope. Oh yeah, we're going to talk about that right after this. Actually, we need to nail down the exact plans. But no, we're uh, <laughs> yeah, we're super pumped to get into the sport, meeting a bunch of good guys, uh, guys that actually work in the trade during the day and throw at night, throw on weekends. So it kind of fits into in the whole brand and like anything like NASCAR, like bull riding, we test into in our first year and learn the lay of the land, go to the events. Hopefully Jeremy doesn't get me sick again, like he's done before. And then, um, and then we double down the following year and, and, uh, if it's something that fits with us and, uh, and, and make a big splash. So we're super pumped. Yeah, definitely, man. I, uh, I run central Connecticut cornhole on the side there. So, right. Um, I'm definitely uh, going to be putting this out to the squad, man. Oh yeah. Sharp shooters, you know, yeah. So we'll plug, we'll plug yourself or if folks have questions for you on social about the union, all that stuff. And then same thing, central Connecticut cornhole. No, this has been awesome. We appreciate it. Appreciate you guys having me on, man. Hell yeah, man. And remember to use the code Bristol 10 for $10 off your next purchase of $60 or more at brumworkwear.com. Oh,